Good evening, and welcome to this first episode of the Continuum Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Hertzog. And hello, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And tonight, we are discussing everything about Canada's new sci-fi hit series, recently come to America, called Continuum, and about 20 other different shows, Miles, right? That's right. So, actually... (laughs) If you're wondering what's up, this is technically the listener feedback show, our Sci-Fi Diner conversations, but we are going to start by talking about this recent addition to the Sci-Fi lineup that we have. Oh, yeah. Um, Miles, been enjoying Continuum? I have. Uh, I was really, you know, looking forward to the show coming here. Uh, Was upset, you know. You know, we, we couldn't get it here for the longest time, but now we can. And You know, we had many offers from different people. Where I do it offered to, I don't know, send us an iTunes, Canadian iTunes gift card so we could mm-hmm. get it in Canada and so we could actually access this series. Um, and, uh, well, it looks like we just really just had to have patience. Patience is a virtue. Yes, yes. And, uh, and gratefully so because I can't say it's my favorite series on TV right now, but it is definitely... I'm interested. It has my it has mm-hmm. my curiosity. I want to see where it goes. Yeah, so far, I I mean, like I said, I'm hooked. I mean, um, it's only been two episodes, but I like the story so far. Um, I mean, as far as the the sci-fi element, I mean, the time travel has already happened, but the uh, the protagonist, uh, like Kira. She has all this cool tech she's brought with her. Yeah, what is it? So I guess it's it's kind of a bit of a spy fi in there because there's but but the tech is definitely futuristic what they're doing and they're mm-hmm. playing with, right? Um, and the guy that she's working with, this is really a uh, with Alec, I guess his name is. Yeah, he he, he I guess he's he, he becomes the um, he starts this this um, this high tech um, corporation you know in the future, I think. Yeah, was well, so it's Alex Sadler, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he is William B. Davis, the guy who played Cigarette Smoking Man, is the old version of Alec. Okay. So anytime we jump to the future, we see the old version. It's, it's, it's William B. Davis's character, Cigarette Smoking Man, for those of you that are X-File fanatics. Mm-hmm. And also the guy that the lawyer that was killed at the premiere episode of Caprica, the one that uh, Sasha Royce uh, oh, yeah. brutally kills and slashes, that's him. Mm-hmm. At the very beginning, so he's been in other stuff too, the Outer Limits and stuff. But this is the one, the, the X Files is what I knew. That was the iconic role for him, and right, he kind of plays a little bit of that iconic role, mysterious role there. But. And it's, it's interesting. This show is a definitely a who's who of um, Stargate alumni. Yeah. So who do we have? The Star Trek. Star. Who? I mean, let's start. Okay. Um, well, uh, Tony Amendola. Uh, he, you know, he was a Ray Tech. Um, right. we have, uh, Lexa Doig, um, she's done tons of stuff. Um, you know, she was, she was Andromeda in Andromeda, but, but then in, in season nine and 10, she was, you know, Dr. Lamb in, in Stargate SG-1. Um, Mike Depold, um, he, um, he, he had a, I forget the, his character's name in, in Stargate Universe. He was, he was one of the Illusion Alliance, uh, guys who turned good. But he played other roles in um, in SG One and, and and in Atlantis also. Um, probably the other actors as well has played um, had, had parts in, in in the Stargate franchise. Uh, the 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 lead character um, Kira, I forget her name at the moment, but Rachel Nichols. Yes, I mean she um, she was in she was in the Star Trek two thousand nine movie. She was the. Uh, Orion girl, yeah, the the green slave girl, right? Yes, and Woo. then, uh, but she was also Scarlet in the GI Joe movie too. So, oh yeah, that's so, right. So they got some uh, good names in there. So, what do you think of this plot so far? I mean, we had this, the first one was really just a setup episode, right? Sure. And then the the series really gets underway in really the second episode. I would say, mm-hmm. um, second episode felt a little bit more. I know someone I was I, I was hearing this. Is they were a bit disappointed. They felt that it was a bit too like NCIS in the first episode, but I think that this uh, second episode really kind of helps establish the feel of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's a cop drama. I mean, in a sense, but I mean, she's going to be going after these guys um, throughout the series, and I, I assume there'll be other. It, it won't be just limited to the to, to these group of people, but I, I guess also. In the second episode, another guy has his own agenda. I mean, he's, you know, 
started his own investment company and or no, he's invested a lot of money in, in some investment company and he's looking at his old house. So he, he has his own agenda going on. So, um, right. So it looks like, I mean, I guess the, these people are trying to undermine the whole corporate uh, Congress takeover. Yeah. And, and you know, as they've been talking, I'm not sure that they're entirely bad. They seem to be like against the large corporations, but who doesn't want people that like to fight the man? I mean, come on. Mm. Oh, sure. You know, so I, I think from that end, the other the other big great we mentioned was, did you mention Brian Markinson? I didn't, did not know. Yeah, but but of course he was one of the bald guys in Sanctuary. Oh, him, yes. Yeah, yeah. he was in there. He was in uh, tons of stuff. He's in Arrow, Supernatural, Battlestar Galactic, Blood and Chrome. Um, obviously, Continuum, like we said, Sanctuary, I'd mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Caprica. He was in Caprica. Um and those were the big sci-fi shows, I think, that he was in. So, but you, the, the whole plot—I mean, as far as the, the future, the government basically—you know—has sold out to the corporations. You're not sure who to side with. It's 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 mm. it's kind of um, well. Another person who we talked to on, on a while back, uh, David Nichol. Oh, Zelenka. Uh, Zelenka. I mean, uh, he he he's in the opening scene. They're they're you know sort of talking about this whole thing. You're not sure who, who you know who's whose side to pick. I mean, the you know the government or the corporation here. So it's kind of interesting. You, you just you know, I guess it's what the terrorists of the corporation is. Is it's the two factions. You either against the, the corporation and the government seem to be kind of one. Now, now they are. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, in the future, but in mm-hmm. the but now in the present, you know, they're trying to like it gets a little bit more muddier. Right. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know what? I'm enjoying Continuum, um, and it sounds like from what I've been hearing about uh, from a lot of you guys that you guys have been enjoying it too. Uh, uh, we're going to read some responses from both the last <coughs> night's episode. Um, and that would be uh, last night would have been what? What's the date? Uh, the 21st, uh, mm-hmm. January 21st episode, and from the premiere, premiere episode. But this is what Jim Arrowwood had to say about. Uh, last night's episode, he said, I caught last night's episode of Continuum. As I said, I was hoping that it would get better. I was just a bit skeptical. I think he's the guy that I said wasn't real sure about it. Mm-hmm. I was just a bit skeptical about the first episode last week. I got my wish and liked the second episode a lot better than the first. Apparently, the goal is for the people that are in the present or trying to get back to their own time. I thought it was funny that they were using what looks like a small version of Zindi from uh, Star Trek Enterprise, the weapon as a transport device. I was a little disappointed they didn't follow up on the reveal they ended at the first show with. I wanted to see more of the future backstory, especially when it involved the older Alec. But from what I read, there were only two appearances by the former X-Files cigarette smoking man. I'm planning to continue watching Continuum. Hmm. So thumbs up from Jim. He's liking it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't sound like, just from what I'm reading, that (coughs) this is the best show ever. But it's a good show. It's something he wants to invest a little bit more time in. Right. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah. Right. Exactly. He hasn't, you know, thrown in the towel for uh, Continuum yet. So the premiere. What what uh, what did people think of the premiere? Do you want to read what Jen said? Sure. Um, so Jen says, "Thought it was pretty good so far. Thought it was a little rough around the edges, but I liked it so far. And there are a few familiar faces in it as well. Nice, yeah. nice to see you too. Yeah. As we mentioned." Uh, Jeff Caddick said, lots of promise there. I enjoyed the episode quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I chimed in. Um, I said, I, when I watched it, I watched it today. really liked it. It's definitely a who's who of Stargate alumni in the cast. I thought the female lead who's in it has all this cool tech with her is also pretty cool. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. Yeah, you know, there's just, there's no doubt about it that it was a, um, it's definitely who's who, as we said. And some of that's just because it's filmed in Vancouver. Right. And so... If you want a job at Vancouver and there's a sci-fi show shining on, you're going to be uh, on the show, right? If you, you want might, a job. You might be on a couple different shows, yeah. Right. And that's kind of what we're seeing mm-hmm. here, right? Well, very good. Well, let's 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 move on into uh let's move on into Fringe. Mm-hmm. So last Friday, we got the final moments a fringe that we're ever going to get as far as new. I mean, there's some books coming out, some prequels coming out that are novels, but other than that, no more new fringe unless we get the extras, outtakes, and stuff like that that are on the DVDs. What did you think about the way the series ended up? 
I think they ended as best as they could. I think I think we, there's a lot of satisfaction how it ended. I mean, some may say um, it, it, it did the Star Trek thing, like hit the reset button. But I think for Fringe, it worked. Yeah, and you know they were playing with that scene at the very end of Peter welcoming um, Henrietta into his arms, mm-hmm. Henrietta into his arms, and of course it always ended up with the observers coming right at that moment. Mm-hmm. And so that scene they developed in such a way that when that scene happened and the observers didn't show, it was subtle enough that it wasn't like a smack out of the blue changing the timeline. Mm-hmm. It was something they had kind of set up from the beginning. Sure, which was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Although I was I was joking with uh, someone on Twitter that I was half half expecting uh, an observer to be standing in the background just watching, <laughs> <laughs> but they weren't. They weren't because mm-hmm. it reset the timeline. And that meant that kind of means that none of the observers came back. Although that did that does present a problem a little bit. If the observers never come back to observe, mm-hmm. then what happened to Fringe? Why why have any Fringe division at all? Yeah, and that's... If, you, if you have no fringe division, mm-hmm. do Olivia and Peter never meet? Or are they just fated to meet, and they do anyways? Yeah, that's. Um, I, I, I've, I've right now at this moment in time, I've chosen not to overthink it. I mean, yeah, you can't. And and Walter is Walter dead in this current timeline? Well, Walter is in the future, and I mean, well, he's a hundred. Well, he, he is, but if you reset the timeline, mm-hmm. he, you know, there's just a lot of uh, temporal physics that we're kind of dealing with here. Right, I guess it depends on. Yeah, I mean, he took the you know Michael to you know to well hundred and hundred and some years into the future. Uh, yeah, it's like I said. I'm not. I don't give myself a headache just overthinking it. Right. Nonetheless, this I, I was mentioning last week's episode, and then these past two episodes we got this week were entirely love letters to the fans, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because there were so many homages, the red, red, green, red, red, green, you know, in the apartment, and then later on when they're breaking in to say Broyles. It was good to see Broyles back because oh, he yeah. was missing from some of the episodes. Uh, the whole mirror into the universe, how they can see with that cracked mirror into the alternate oh, yeah. the alt universe. The fact that we got to see, you know, Lincoln Lee, who's, by the way, we're going to talk about later on, but it's going to be an Arrow. Oh, awesome. Uh, up, up coming, I think next week's episode is going to be an Arrow, so mm-hmm. can't wait to that see that. Uh, but was a, we got to see Lincoln Lee and Alt Olivia again. There's a great, there's a funny scene there uh, where um, uh, Alt Olivia says to uh, Lincoln, he goes, stop looking at my young ass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I missed that line. That would have been a great French quote of the week. No, probably not. <laughs> that was... That was uh, that was it. Was just good to see them, and mm-hmm. uh, you find out a little bit what happened to you know the. Mo- it was great to see the dirigibles flying in the alt universe. You know, you see all that sort of stuff. That I'm, I'm glad they made at least one more stop to the alternate universe. Yeah. Uh, Raul was saying was talking about. Well, I don't think we're going to see Olivia with Cortexafan. Boy, was he wrong. They oh, did did we ever see? Did her? we ever see? It was great to bring the Cortexafan back. Well, and seeing how that was used to, we see that's that's how Windemark meets his end. It is. I mean, uh, crushed between two vehicles. Right. Yeah. You know, and you think it's out of her system by that point. Because they said, you know, after you use it in this time frame, it's out of your system. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not out of her system. She's, she, she's retained it. And mm-hmm. um, bye-bye, Winmark. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so much so. Although it was sad, very very sad to see September die again. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> again. And, um, but... <coughs> uh, John Noble making a beautiful exit there at the end with the boy. Right. I mean, he he goes and saves the world. I mean, you know, ironically, him exiting through that wormhole mm-hmm. is not entirely unlike the way he brought Peter into our universe. Oh, definitely. There's definitely a parallel there when you look at that. Sure. I love the white tulip reference. Love the snow globe with the Empire uh, Statue of Liberty in it from the prior episode. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, the white tulip that I have hanging on my wall behind you that is just, um, you know, iconic image from the show. There's just so many things. Well, I'm just thinking when they when they take the mirror, that the, 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 the window, and they look at, well, in our universe, Liberty... Statue of Liberty has been removed, and they look at, and they look at the you know, in, in the other universe, the statue is still there, and they said, you know, isn't she beautiful? You know, what I mean, so right. So there's this. I mean, we called what was the episode, the episode was called Liberty, or one of them was called that Liberty. Mm-hmm. So it was perfectly, perfect, uh, in tune for that. It was great to see them when they entered the building and released whatever contagion they did 
all the different fringe events happening to the observers. That was a nice homage the, to the butterflies uh, season one. Jumping out of their stomach. Mm-hmm. The, the, there was just so many good things. I, I don't know how you can say it. it was, if you're going to wrap up a series, number one, thank God Fox. We dog in Fox all the time, but thank you Fox for allowing him to wrap up Fringe, right? And, and do it right. And do it right. And this is probably, when, it, when, when you look back on the shows that we've seen that have been kind of wrapped up, this was probably the best wrap-up of a show you could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? Oh, I, I, yeah. I, I was very very satisfied with this, uh, with this ending. Yeah, there was, I, I mean, I don't know. Any other highlights for you? I was just, it was just good. There were some nice moments with, um, well, with, with Peter and Walter. I mean... Um, when when Walter well when, when Peter finds that one other other tape and Walter has to tell Peter what he has to do, but then you know he just you know they have that they, so they have that nice moment there and they kind of play it off like oh it's not going to happen now because Donald's going to do it when well, Donald gets shot and he still has to do it and right. as he's about to exit through you know Peter's first time where he's talking to a very coherent Walter saying I love you Dad it's yeah. just mm-hmm. one of the best things so. No, it was it was phenomenal. It was really yeah. good. I don't know how I, yeah. I don't know how you say it. Thumbs up, ten out of ten way ten out of ten Wayne. We absolutely loved this. Great mm-hmm. wrap up to the show. Here's what some people some of you guys were saying, and I'll take the first wing and just kind of read down through them. Jen said, I thought it was pretty well done. I hate to see a good series end. But one thing that kept running through my head, especially during the scene that Walter was explaining to Peter what he felt he had to do to put things that were once went wrong, made me think of the Quantum Leap theme song. I don't know why. I also thought that it was cool that we get to see alternate Olivia Lincoln as well. Then I kept thinking first, it should have been Peter to go take the boy over because he really wasn't supposed to exist in this universe. That's true. I always felt bad for Astrid, too, because at least Olivia had Peter, and Astrid always just had was there to take care of Walter. But I guess maybe she cared enough for Walter to stick around this time with him, and I like to think, and I like at least you were able to get a happy ending with getting back to the time Edda was as a child, before the observers came. I will definitely miss this mind-bending show. It always makes you think about it afterwards. Michael Cleland had this to say, Sad to see a good show fall from the airwaves. I thought it was a shame that Donald could not finish the mission. Best part was when the Observer was floating up and, and Walter said to Peter how cool it looked. Just one question. Did Peter remember just what happened at the end? I forgot about the anti-gravity bullets. Yeah, that's, that's right. That was a little crazy, but it was still just... It, it was... why You know, when... when when Peter asks, you know, if we're just going to shoot them and kill them, is that enough? He goes, yeah, but these are cooler, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that is true. Mm-hmm. And that brings back some of the old Walter mm-hmm. sentiment. You know, one of the things that Jen mentioned, I forgot to just jump in there, uh, we saw Gene the cow. Oh, yeah. Frozen in amber, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's at that moment that Walter tells Astrid she has a really beautiful name, Astrid. Yeah. Re- and gets it right. And it's coherent, not in drugs. You know, he, he actually gets Astrid's name right, something we've been waiting for throughout the series. But that was just part of the charm that he always got her name wrong. Yeah, yeah it definitely was. Uh, Laurie said, uh, Lud Michael uh, Chaveris got to show what a talented actor he is, the Observer, I guess. Loved when Olivia squashed Windmark like a bug, and no Peter had no memory what happened because the timeline was rewritten to the invasion. That is why the white tulip was a bittersweet at the end. And Mike had this to say, I enjoyed the final two episodes. They really squeezed an awful lot in it. And I never got tired to see the fringe events being used against the observers. However, when that final scene faded to black, I was left with a feeling of, is that it? Perhaps after five years of twists and turns, I didn't think it would all end so neatly wrapped up. I'm also convinced that if you start winding back to the events prior to the invasion, the 12 observers, well, one in particular made changes which may have helped the union of Peter and Olivia and to the extension Etta, but there lies madness. Yeah, now, he's mentioning what we just got done talking about a little bit ago, that if the observers never come back to observe, how do Peter and Olivia meet? Yeah. Unless all we're resetting is back to the invasion. And that means that the prior observers... Mm-hmm. Still came back and observed, right? <sighs> yeah, that's. I'll, I, I will think about that, but not not tonight. <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's um, 
It's interesting though. And he does mention it is really neatly wrapped up. And is that is it too neatly wrapped up? It, mm -hmm. Not my opinion, but maybe some people disagree. If you disagree, give us a call at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three, or just shoot us an email and let us know. Well, we did, you know, in a sense, lose Walter. Uh, we did lose September Donald, whoever, and so I mean, it did, it did reset things, but it there was loss there. Yeah. How about what Jason said? Was anyone in tears? Hate to see September go down, but I figured that Walter would have to end up going anyway. Love that Gene got into the last episode along with the alt universe. Yeah, we love we love the fact that Gene did make an appearance in there, and you know, she became such an iconic figure <coughs> in the show mm -hmm. itself earlier on for a cow. Uh, Sean said, I really like this ending. I liked it to use fringe events to help them out. And I also liked that it had a happy-ish ending. Happy that Peter and Olivia got back to the park to reset time in order to raise Etta. However, the thing that got me the most, besides seeing Gene the cow, was when Walter said to Astrid, that really is a beautiful name. What is Astrid? And I just loved it. Again. That was a nice moment between them two. I a mean, real touching moment. I mean, yeah. Walter, you know, like... Um, Moment, you know, he's having more lucid moments at this point, and, and he's just acknowledging that how much he's come to rely on Astrid. So, you gonna miss Fringe? Oh, yeah, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, might get the prequels, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'll have to see what the yeah, I think you say so. You say they'll be in book form, yeah. I think I don't know if any of them are out, but I did see a cover for the second one, so the first oh, that means okay. the first one must be close to being out if it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, but. All right. Well, let's let's move into uh, talking a little bit about uh, about Arrow. Cool. So Arrow came back this week, huh? Oh, it did. And uh, with fire, the fire one, the fire people. I don't know what the actual episode was called. But, well, that was creepy. You know, a fireman asking for help from another fireman when this other fireman just douses douses this guy in turpentine and you know just eat lights it. him up, baby, lights him up. I mean, I just you, I just didn't see that coming. Yeah, it was definitely a bit. Um, it was a bit brutal at points, right? But and then the, then the guy then the guy lit himself in fire at the end. Yeah, and. You want a sad way to go. You know, he's obviously hurting and yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously he, he couldn't be saved. I mean, um, it was a lot of good things going on. I mean, you had, you had the disappearance of of Oliver's stepfather and, and, and his mother is, you know, having a, well, you know, had a, well, she appears to be having a hard time of it because he's disappeared, but... She knows that he's, I mean, they said, they, they recapped the last time that um, they said he wouldn't, he wouldn't remember anything. So I'm thinking she must know, I, I, I suspect maybe she has a guilt conscience knowing that she knows that he, had, he got kidnapped or whatever. And I still remember being kidnapped in the last episode. Th it was, it was, yeah, he was. He was. I watched. Uh, I watched the finale before the break and just don't remember. It. In, towards the end, he was in the elevator, and a guy took a needle and injected him. And yes, and now then, I remember. <coughs> now I remember. Moira is assured that you know that they'll erase his memory of, of last however many months it is, and but but he's not here. He's gone. So. No, no. You know, I was thinking as we were watching this episode again, a really good episode, and. Kind of interesting with the whole phone thing and the father kind of allowing her to keep the phone, mm -hmm. um, you know that that whole thing. Uh, I I thought it was well written, a good start to the second part of this season, and I'm really excited to see where it's going to be going. And I did I was thinking as I was watching this episode back in the mid '80s, there was a, a band that was banned from MTV because they lit a person on fire. Oh my! And it was DeGarmo and Key. It was a it was actually a Christian band back back in the mid '80s. They lit a guy on fire and they banned it from MTV because I thought, boy, television has changed. Yeah. The fact that we can light a guy on fire and not blink twice about it. True. Uh, then again, we have Walking Dead. We have Walking Dead. So what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like the world has changed in 25 years. So. Oh, it certainly has. It mm -hmm. certainly has. Well, here's what some of you are saying about it. Go ahead. Can you read what Gen M said? Well, 
I'm always, Jen says, uh, well, I'm always fond of uh, his workout training <laughs> scenes. That usually keeps my attention, <laughs> laughing out loud. And he really does seem like Batman when he, he even stuck out of the back door of the club while it was burning to go change. I thought that was kind of funny, but overall, good episode. Yeah, you know, it was kind of odd. You know, the club's on fire, and instead of going to save people, he goes down, dons his cape, and comes back up as the arrow. Right. That, I think there's a part of me that says, okay, you're really trusting that things aren't going to happen real quickly to do that. <laughs> but, it, it, uh, yeah. You know, where's a good old phone booth that you just spin around and change into your outfit and go? Well, it's kind of convenient that the fire, you know, his... Um, his bat cave, so to speak, is underneath the club. So he can he can go get yeah. you know get his uh, his, his his stuff on. Um, yeah. Well, you know, some guy named Miles said, "I thought the bad the bad guy was just a plot device, but the rest the rest of the show is really good." I don't know who that guy's <laughs> office rocker, but <laughs> no. But go ahead. Well, just uh, again, uh, we really he, we see him once, and then we don't. I mean, he. Self destructs. We never see him again. It was yeah. We and we saw him. I think twice during the <coughs> fires, but mm-hmm. he doesn't really play in as a central bad guy. Mm-hmm. The story is it's almost like they're building up the relationship of this girl that kind of is calling him, and it's more his struggle. Do I want to be the Green Arrow? Mm-hmm. Is the focus more than the fireman? Well, right. And the fireman is just a plot device to force him back out. Exactly. So I kind of agree with you there, Miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did Neil have to say? My question is about the news report. It seemed that the most people were gone by the time he showed up in the fire. Only only the captain really saw him. Yeah, and that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so. Yeah. But, yeah. But, no, I was, I, I was glad to see the show come back. And uh, ho- hopefully we'll get another good season. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's move into Once Upon a Time. Okay. Okay, Miles, I'm going to be very honest with you. As as our listeners already know, you and I are not watching Once Upon a Time. That is true. And it's a very unfortunate, but we've gotten no feedback on Once Upon a Time. And I know there are those of you listeners that are out there watching Once Upon a Time. So if you're watching Once Upon a Time and love it, we need to let you know how you feel the series is going, what you're liking about the series, what you're not liking about it. We want to know uh, because, well, it's important. It's important, and we care about it. And I would, if I had time, I would love to get back into the series. But you've never watched one episode, have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> well, maybe sometime we will get some feedback about it, and we can talk about it, listeners. That's your challenge. Let us know what you're thinking about. Once upon a time, one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. Well, let's move into some other stuff that we have going on in our show tonight. We had some listener feedback, and let's start out with a call from Rick from Wisconsin who called in about some movies that that he's watching. So, Rick, thanks for calling in, and here's what he has to say. Hey, Sci-Fi Diner guys. This is Rick from Wisconsin calling. I uh, wanted to mention a few movies that I saw recently. Saw, did get to go see The Hobbit. I really enjoyed it. Um, I never made it through The Hobbit book. So uh, some people that I know didn't enjoy it as much were big fans of the book. So maybe not knowing what differences there were helped me to enjoy the movie. I uh, rented Judge Dredd, or the new one just simply called Dredd, which uh, was very gruesomely violent, but uh, pretty enjoyable. Uh, little um, fun seeing the uh, actress that had played uh, John Connor's mother in the Sarah Connor Chronicles, uh, played Sarah Connor on the TV show, being in that movie, and uh, the action and everything, and it was pretty good. I, I liked it overall um, pretty well. We went and saw something else, and I can't remember which one it was now. Anyway, uh, switching over to television, just finally got to watch the Fringe finale the day after, uh, and was really happy with how they wrapped up Fringe. Um, it worked out. Um, 
I did not initially understand that uh, they were preventing the invasion. I thought that the change in the timeline was going to be further back, and I was thinking Peter and Olivia would never have gotten together. But the way they did it uh, ultimately made sense to me, and I liked the resolution better than I did the end of Lost, even though that was my favorite show. I was uh, one of the people that didn't like the meeting up in the church scene. And uh, all the stuff on the island was great, but uh, the other parts, they kind of lost me. Uh, the Arrow came back this week and had a, another good episode. It's definitely the best new show this year, in my opinion. And um, I did see a preview uh the previews that you guys have played for various movies, uh, I think I've seen all of those now, and it looks like we have three or four movies uh, coming up to look forward to seeing, so I can't wait to see that. And also enjoying uh, Once Upon a Time. That's been uh, very good lately. Um, not in the uh, sci-fi sense, I guess, but in uh, almost a spiritual sense. The... Uh, idea of uh, redemption, of people being able to change. I am uh, hope they keep building on that in the series. So that's all I have for now. Thanks. Well, you know, we, we, we did get an answer to that call for Once Upon a Time feedback. We'll get to that in just a second. Right. Because I do want to end with what he's saying about it. He mentioned The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. And he made, he made the comment that maybe not having ever finished the book was better. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that, the idea that sometimes you go to a movie and you haven't read the book and you're like, this is great, and then the purist is saying, ah, it sucks. What do you think of that whole idea? I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer about that. I I have not read the book either, but I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Um, And I've heard some criticisms that where it didn't stay true to the book, but... What can I tell you? You know, I, I the movie was was fantastic. Right, right. So, so maybe in some cases it's good not to have the book to mm-hmm. kind of hold you up and give you ha- give you hangups. Uh, there was a movie I saw recently that someone said, "Well, it was based in the book and it wasn't true to the book." Yeah, it didn't necessarily bother me. I mean, the the movie can't. I mean, you want it to stay. I mean, if you read the book, you want it to stay. To this, the movie stayed in, in in the spirit of it, but. You know, if but at the same time, you don't want the movie just to be a total, I don't know, copy of the book. I guess. Yeah, I guess not. Or, or you else, should, yeah. or you know, then you already know what's going on. Right, right. Um, dread, gruesome, but enjoyable, <laughs> and enjoying Sarah Connor in that one. Yeah, Lena Headley plays. She plays the uh, female uh, baddie in that one. Yeah, and it got mixed reviews, but probably an entertaining DVD watch. Yeah, I'll, I might rent it when it comes if it's, it's out. It's on my Netflix queue. I just haven't gotten it yet. Okay. Uh, he too was happy with the fringe finale wrap up. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, one of the things that we were thinking as he was talking about, he thought they were going to go back to the very beginning, and Olivia and Peter would never mate, meet, mm-hmm. but never mate either for that matter. But that too. Uh, but uh, you know, one of the things we're hinting in the past. Oh, four or five episodes near the end of this season, they kept bringing it back to that the central theme was love. That the thing that binds things together is hope and love. And what a better way than to end with this beautiful, idyllic, romantic scene between Olivia and Peter and their daughter and this loving family that has been brought together through right. these events. Um, it was absolutely, it's a love story. It's, it really does play out as, as a love story in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole Livia Peter tension has been throughout the series. It was nice to see that resolved on a happy note. Oh yeah, we want to see we want to see positive resolution at the end of our series. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, Arrow, best new show. <coughs> yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I think that I mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Um, the lead character just nails the Arrow for me. Oh, he he does a good job. I mean, I remember when I first heard them putting the show out. And I was a little disappointed they weren't going to use the actor from Smallville, but now this I guy, think... This guy's much better for this he, He's much better. Well, it's a totally different take on the character. Yeah. It's a, it's a totally different vibe. He nails it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Once Upon a Time, he says, 
this show is good, not in a sci-fi sense, but in a spiritual sense, focusing on redemption and change. I'd be interested to find out, uh, Rick, if you get a chance, to let us know how that's playing out. Because we're familiar with the, the fairy tale stories that they kind of base this off of. But how is it a story of redemption being played out? Remember, this is a show that you can spoil everything, and we won't mind. Right. Um, and uh, But I'm kind of intrigued that they've gone, there's a little bit of a spiritual air to, to it, and how that is entailing itself. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, so, again, yeah. Let us know. All right, Mike Crate called in. Let's go ahead and hear what our good friend Mike Crate had to say. Mike Crate, of course, from the Gatecast. Family friendly and mainstream. And that's, of course, starting his voicemail in the middle. Mm-hmm. He's just letting you know that his voicemail <coughs> is going to be fa- family friendly and mainstream. Hi, Scott Miles. Mike from the Gatecast with a few comments I hope are worthy. I have to admit that I dropped Revolution after the seventh episode. I really wasn't cheering on any of the characters, and the whole situation with the global power outage, while very interesting, the survivors we were presented with just seemed a little too family-friendly and mainstream. Of course, it's a network show, so nothing else was to be expected, and that was ultimately why it failed to excite me. I thought the world of Warcraft idea was interesting. Yes, there are positives to be had for those capable of community building and cooperation, if expanded to the workplace, but the obvious issue that those who thrive in MMOs do so perhaps at the expense of the very duties these companies will be expecting their employees to commit to, long days, weekends, etc, etc. As for Star Trek, you know part of me really misses the days when you simply knew nothing about an upcoming movie until the promos hit the cinemas themselves. No internet, magazine, newspaper articles, most of which ended up being out of date by the time you read them. Granted, the hoopla trying to guess the big bad in the new Trek movies keeping the marketing machine oiled, but I for one would rather not know until I sat down to watch the movie. A big thank you guys for playing the Gatecast promo. Very much appreciated. And keep up the great work. Love visiting the diner. Mike, signing off. Well, we love having you at the diner, Mike. Oh, absolutely. And not having you for the diner, but having you at the diner. <laughs> we don't serve you up. But uh, we love playing your promo as well. And I love your podcast. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So mm-hmm. keep up. The, you keep up the word working mm-hmm. well. Let's continue to visit the diner. Mm-hmm. Uh he mentioned uh, he's dropped revolutions. Yeah. And have you? You have not. I'm going to give it a. I'm going to. No, I didn't drop it when it was on. I'll, I'll give it a chance when it comes, it comes back. Comes back in, when? In March. In March. So we have a little bit of a break mm-hmm. here. I wonder why such a long break for them. What else is showing that? Is NBC, that's a place? good question. I'm not sure. But um, so, yeah, I, I, I'll give it a chance, see if it, you know. If it holds my interest. Now he made he mentioned that you know it's too family, too blase, too. I mean, it's a network show, right? Mm-hmm. So like that's a bad thing to have a network show. <laughs> um, but the interesting thing, it's on, it's on nine o'clock at night, so it's not. They could do something more with this show. I mm-hmm. would think. Ah, well, whatever. Uh, he thought that the story in WoW was interesting, and he did mention some drawbacks that we didn't really address, and the article doesn't address the people that play and collaborate on these MMOs, Mm -hmm. do so many times at the expense of their family lives, their jobs, and other things, their personal health. That's a good point. Uh, (laughs) Did you ever see the South Park episode where they talk about, wow, it's it's a... I did, and I forget. It's been such a long time. It's funny, but basically they sort of explore that theme also. You you commit yourself to wow, you're going to be neglecting everything else in life. (laughs) And it's, uh, it wasn't quite that way for me, but I imagine it goes for pretty much any MMO. Right. Uh, Star Trek Online, maybe. Maybe, uh, For yeah. those people that play that mm-hmm. and other, other games as well. And he does say that he missed the days of when you didn't know anything about a movie. Mm-hmm. And I really see that the internet really has ruined that for us, and there's nothing we can do about it. No, those days Stay are off over. the internet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, those days are over. Um, people are going to leak pictures or even video of it um scripts sometimes it so I, I gotta say this though i mean as much as they've tried to leak about the new star trek movie the jj and the powers that be have done a pretty good job of keeping tight lid on um information about it yeah and the actors and everyone have come on board and have mm-hmm. bought it with them um i mean there were some slips here and there but then it's you're not sure if that it's given with disinformation and government conspiracies and cover ups, right? So, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's you, 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 
you could find out a lot about the movie before it comes out. Sometimes even the movie, well, in, in the case of the Wolverine movie a few years ago, somebody let out a copy of it. It was unfinished, but, you know, it's it, it, it can happen now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, Mike, again for uh, calling in. Let's move into uh, some listener feedback from Lee, The Lost Mind of Lee. And there's a couple of emails I've kind of combined together here. So okay. do you want to read this email? Sure. Hi, guys. I'd like to tell you about you guys that Enterprise D Space Nine is now on Hulu, Hulu Plus. I thought I would add that. Next, guys, please explain to me why the networks are doing the same cable companies have been doing it, and that is a long mid-season split. It makes no sense to me why they would do that, and there's a real reason for this. So let's talk about this. Is there a real reason with for it? We've, we've, we've asked about the, the long hiatus between shows before. We've pondered this. Now, mm-hmm. we understand the Christmas hiatus, right? Right, for the holidays. If you break for two or three weeks because of Christmas, but then ending a show mid-December, not coming back to March like Revolutions is, mm-hmm. That's a bit mystifying. <coughs> we, this happened with V, and V never got its footing back. I think mm-hmm. Flash Forward, same way. And uh, Dollhouse had some huge breaks. Terminator had some huge breaks. These are shows that, that I think it was detrimental to have these breaks. Oh, definitely. But then Fringe had significant breaks, too, at times. And Well, I guess it didn't retain its viewership overall, but it didn't really get any worse. It didn't necessarily kill it, yeah. Yeah, it didn't necessarily kill it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if anyone knows why networks do this, uh, we would love to let us know your thoughts as to why networks take such long breaks. I've even asked at a convention um, when, 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 when Tamal Panikit was a guest. Um, I just, you know, I just said, uh, we, we, with Battlestar Galactica, although they, they took long breaks, they didn't suffer. Year, it, was, it was a year and a half. They took a long break. I said, do you, do you, do you understand the rationale? I mean, I asked him because he was in the business and he, he and he, he couldn't answer it, really. Yeah, well, I know one of the breaks that Battlestar took was because the writer's strike happened right through the middle of that. Remember? Okay. And, you know, it was part of one of the seasons was impacted by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee goes on to say, on another note, during the holidays, one by one, each of my family members came down with the cruds, and it was not over until about six days ago in fourth, on the 14th of January. I'm not seeing The Hobbit yet. I'm with you, Lee. Uh, and although... Uh, and anything else, I did see a few movies here at home. One was District 9. I was about 30 minutes into it and almost gave up on it, but hung in there and it got better and better. And at the end, I was surprised to see how it went from bad to good and would like to know if you guys have seen it. And if so, what was your reactions to it? Next was The Dark Knight Rises. And like Miles, I thought that it was great and the family enjoyed it. Let's talk about District 9. Have you ever watched District 9? No, I haven't. I have. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. Okay. And I would agree that it got better as it went along. Um, the opening is very weak. I, I don't know. They, they could have done that opening of that movie so much better. Mm-hmm. There are certainly some great themes, and I guess the good news is they're coming out with a sequel to it. Oh. So uh, it did good enough for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. So I have seen it, and I like District 9. Not my favorite movie ever. No, certainly not as good as The Dark Knight Rises. Right. Yeah, and I and I absolutely love that movie. <coughs> mm-hmm. Why don't you read what else he says? Next, you guys, all, all, you guys always always talk about uh, books you're reading, and right now I've been reading a Star Trek Voyager book, Pathways, that I have never read before. That I picked up right in the middle of, eight, of the holiday, so I've been limited to reading because I've been taking care of my family and being sick. But now is there, that's over with. I started reading it, and I'm about halfway through, and it's interesting so far. One other thing I, before I wrap this up. I get a geek gift for Christmas. I got David Mack's new trilogy, Cold Equations. I can't wait to read it. Thanks, guys, for... for, for Thanks, guys. You've been busy again, and it seems I always uh, behind your podcast. Cheers from the Lost Mind of Lee. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you're familiar with the books he's talking about? Uh, yes, I am. I've, I've read them, and... Uh, so, I, I, Lee, I think you're going to definitely enjoy uh, David Mack's Cold Equations. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really good. And Miles is going to now spoil it to, for you. He's going to say, everyone dies. <laughs> no. Well, he, here's the thing, though. You got with the David Mack book, he he likes to kill people off. So, so maybe that's maybe that is a spoiler. I've never read the book, so don't trust my judgment on it. So you, you've been you've been warned. You've been warned. He goes on to say, "Yay for the Blade Runner uh, rewind that we're going to be doing." Sorry, guys, never got around to watching Galaxy Quest. Although it's something you must watch, Lee. Oh heck yeah, yeah. Um, he goes. Uh, he went on to say another great podcast, guys. I do hope that you guys got some of your wishes for Xmas. This is regarding the Xmas mm-hmm. ep- episode. I got a complete trilogy of David Mack, as he said. Um, 
I got the fourth book of two of the Game of Thrones and just getting started on it, but I think I have a lot more time for reading than Scott does. But I do hope that everyone out there was safe and happy for the holidays. So thank you for your writing in. Yes, Lee. Thanks for your well wishes. We always appreciate your contributions. Sure. And uh, he's one of the only people that con- comments on the blog, and I love the fact that he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that, I mean, there's so many places that people can access it. I just love when people access and comment and talk to us through mm-hmm. any means possible. Um, two corrections. Um, we played the music at the very end of the episode called Deserted City uh, by Athena. I said Desert City, and I didn't remember the name of Raul's wife. <laughs> but uh, Raul wrote in and said, uh, her name is Athena, and the piece is called Deserted City. Still got the right post-apocalyptic ideas in it. but <laughs> So sorry for that, Raul. Sorry, Athena, and uh, enjoyed the piece. We will play that again eventually. And um, I think I mentioned that in this is from a lost fan eight eight fifteen k who wrote in and said you know it's revolution right no s at the end I think I either said it that this is revolutions uh, I mentioned the show's revolutions or I put it in the show note it says revolutions and not revolution okay uh, well so, yeah whatever uh, one nah, you know I'm always one, getting name wrongs right revolution revolutions it's you know. It, it, it's both, uh, we get the idea. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, something I didn't mention here, but I'll mention now, Kiefer and I have made it through, my son have made it through uh, A New Hope, Star Wars A New Hope, and Star oh. Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. So now we have Return of the Jedi to go, and then we'll see the original trilogy. And he has seen The Phantom Menace, but we haven't watched any of the others. What so. did he th- think of uh, uh, A New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back? He liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, he liked the the Empire Strikes Back, uh, and I was explaining the thing that mystified him the most was how Obi Wan was killed in the last movie, right? Well, why does he keep reappearing now? <laughs> He's dead, right? <laughs> so I said, well, this is like brings in the afterlife, right? And in fact, he's speaking through the Force, and and uh, well, that's good. He's thinking through it. Yeah, he is certainly. Um, and he goes, "What's up with Yoda?" He seems dumb. <laughs> he was much smarter in the first movie <laughs> because he's talking back to the uh, um, the Phantom Menace, right? So you know, totally different Yoda that you see when you're first introduced to him, right? And then in A New Hope, so. but he seems to be enjoying it. And I had to explain. I said, you know, because we were talking about Vader and Son and that whole uh, comic book. Yeah, he had read through this, didn't mm-hmm. understand a lick of it. But I said, you got to understand that the comic <coughs> book is not what happened in the movies. Luke doesn't know that Darth Vader is his father to the end of The Empire Strikes Back. He only suspects that Leia is his sister. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really know it. And so some things are being lost. I found myself explaining some of that. But but he's enjoying it. That's good. You're raising your son right. I am raising him right. Mm-hmm. So I believe that is about it. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Again, let us know what you're watching, what, you're, what you think about the shows that are coming back on the air. We want to hear your thoughts. Email us at decipheredonapodcast at gmail.com. Call us at 1-888-508-4343. And uh, that's it. All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We will see ya. Thank you.